Women Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Linda Crater celebrate the thoughts and opinions of magnetic, spirited, and influential women. Each week, bold, brilliant women spark vigorous conversations on the complexities of life, love, and happiness. Now here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Crater. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and Linda Crater has the day off, and this is Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we are visiting today in our roundtable with Kathy Craffey, Claire Kerslake, Jacqueline Lopez, Lou Paget, and Lois Letchford, and we are talking today about handling rejection. Now, I just... We, I just came back, uh, ladies, from a convention at Coldwell, or no, sorry, Keller Williams Family Reunion in Anaheim, and there were many, many workshops about handling rejection. And I want to throw it out to you guys today because for a long time, if someone said no to me, I took it personally. I took it that they didn't like me, they didn't believe in me, when in fact, no was just no. And more often than not, it had nothing to do with me. They could have been tired, they could have had another engagement, they could have done something. But I think in our society, no has become a dirty word. I know with my parent friends, I have no problem saying no to my kids. I mean, you know, Lou, you know my kids. Jacqueline, you know my kids. Kathy, you know my kids. I'm real clear about no. But there are a lot of my peers that are afraid to say no to their kids. And when did no become a dirty word? I'm going to go to Lou Paget. <clears throat> well, I think no became a dirty word by virtue of many people think it just hurts someone's feelings. Whether you're saying, no, you may not go there, or no, I'm not interested in you, you're doing an audition, no, I'm sorry, you're not right for the part. No is so tied in in our culture to having a bad feeling about yourself, not the necessarily the event. And I love when people will say, well, don't take it personally. Well, for many people, how else are they supposed to take it? And But what I think when we are able to separate because when I hear, you know, how do we deal with rejection? And I'd love to hear, Sam, what were some of the solutions that Keller Williams came up with, given that they're all real estate. But really, the, the choice boils down to how you want to feel about it. And was it your, you know, was it your actions that caused the no? Or was it something that was completely outside of who you are? I've been rejected because I wasn't the right color, because I didn't have the right sound of voice because I wasn't the right religion, things about which myself I really can't change. Now, if it's because I'm being an absolute raging idiot, well, that's my fault, right? <laughs> that's my own. I got to own that one. So, Tag, who else wants to do the definition of no and why? <laughs> Claire, go ahead. Yes, I can go next, Lou. Uh, yes, often it's, it highlights, it can highlight to something you need to work on yourself. Um, some, and I, when I look back on my life, some of the rejections I've had have been the absolute best thing that could have happened. Uh, but sometimes it can be, particularly if, if it's rankling a bit or you're taking it personally, that for me is a bit of an indication that it's something I need to work on perhaps because, um, you know, often no just is no. As, as um, Sandra said, you know, someone's tired or they're, they're, um, it's just not the right fit or whatever. It doesn't have to. You know, we put a meaning 
Uh, it can mean whatever it wants to mean. You know, we often assign meaning to something that you know, can be quite unnecessary. I have something to say about rejection because as an entrepreneur, you have um, you you either accept the fact that you're going to be rejected all the time. That's part of the game. And let's flip this uh, on his head. Uh, when someone told me no by you know firing me for from a job or a project, in most of the time meant that I wasn't all in that project. So I went, um, I went ahead and started another business or looked for another project that made me way more happier than the project that I was rejected by. In other words, instead of using it as a negative thing, maybe it's exactly what you needed. So just, just surrender to judging and, and um, to judging what the person said to you and take it for a good, positive outcome. In, in, in my case, I got fired from a job many years ago, and I started a business that flourished and, and gave me like 10 times the income that I had before. Instead of resisting, maybe that no or that rejection means something that is going to be way bigger than you ever imagined. So I invite people to see rejection as a way of getting out of some situation that you're not happy with in the first place. Do you want me to jump in here? This is Lois. Can you hear me? Yeah, well, I can hear you. Oh, very good. Uh, Jackie, I thought you said some wonderful things, you know, but initially when you get the no, it's my initial thought is I'm not good enough. And you take the blame and you blame it on yourself. But mm. I really appreciate what you said, that you do have to surrender and if staying positive. It's not the right fit for you and something else will come up around the corner that will be a better fit. But that initial, that, that time when you're told no, in the beginning I find it very difficult. So I walk, I ride, ride my bike, I get away and try and just stop blaming myself and then continue to look for the positives. I love that. I mean, what a great comment. This is Kathy Craffy. I think our nose, the nose we receive, I always look at those closed doors as just an opportunity to keep moving and not step into the wrong arena of life. I, I really welcome no's probably because I stay so busy. So fortunately for me, because I love prioritizing and I know on this show, there's always other women that get this, but I, I think for me, that's been one of the greatest accomplishments in my, my own personal thinking to correct my thinking about no and understand that it is a way of prioritizing for me, and and I, it's a welcome one. I, I really love that idea that other people can can choose their own priorities, and if they're not passionate about what I'm interested in and what I'm planning to accomplish, then it's okay with me if they say no. I want to move on and find the people that are passionate like I am about the things that I'm willing to take on. Um, this is Lou. Uh, Jackie, I so agree with you about, you know, rejection being part of being an entrepreneur, but it's also, and that sometimes the thing that comes after that, even though you didn't think at the time it was like too, you know, swift and peachy, 
the next thing that came along was even better. And, you know, mm -hmm. I certainly had that happen as well. But I think also if we look at, there's two real areas of our life that many times we don't have control over the rejection. And that's in a relationship or our own bodies. What happens if your body isn't doing what you want it to do? Mm. Not able to, you know, conceive. You're not able to, you know, continue doing the things you were doing because your body is having an issue, then there may be, okay, let's look at what do I do next? As you were saying, Kathy, if it isn't, you know, working in the way that it is, then let's look at where it might work. And with relationships, even though I thought, oh my God, how devastating, when my husband told me flat out that he never really intended our marriage to be a long-term thing, that sucker punch was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Because it was, there was no way that I, there was nothing that was a question about whether or not this was going to continue. It was done. And mm. then what it did is that was where my entire life exploded. And literally, mm. I remember having the thought in my head, and I hadn't said it out loud, but the thought in my head went, this marriage is over. And with like a thunder crack, mm. the next thing that went through, like a ticker tape, was your life is going to be bigger than you ever expected. And I did, that was like, whoa. So, you know, Jackie, like you, it's like times when you change and it becomes the opening to something you never expected. No doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just means it's not the place that you should be going at that moment. Mm. Next. Exactly. Just move on because uh, greater... <laughs> Greater gifts come your way. Yeah, it's, it's the resistance what it keeps on, on the uh, muddy path that we spin our wheel over and over again because it hurts. In that moment, it hurts. And uh, but, but if you just stay with it instead of uh, resisting, resistance is, is what, resistance what is, is what gives us suffering. True. <laughs> Was it Jackie who was talking about that sucker punch of no? I think no, it's Lou. No, Lou. Lou. I think what is worse is when it's the um, it's going on and it's and no one's happy. When you've got that, oh, it's final. You know, you've got to change totally, and mm -hmm. it does give you that impetus to say, well, I'm not going to put up with this either. But before mm -hmm. that, when it's unsettling. You know, you, you almost need the no sometimes to really push you out of that uncomfortable stuff that you were in. Well, and I'm going to jump in here. This is Sandra. I need to take us to commercial break. But before we do, I want to share a quick story with you. Um, when I was in residential real estate, I had to drive up to this older couple's house to tell them that their deal had fallen through. And they had hemmed and hawed for months. And it was a big emotional decision for them to sell their home and downside, you know, the home where all their memories were, where they raised their children and played with their grandchildren. And I was nervous as a cat driving up the canyon to tell them, you know, that this deal had fallen apart and it was so stressful for them. And I was so upset. And when I got there, I sat in the couch with the lady and the gentleman and I said, I'm so sorry to tell you, but your deal's gone sideways. The buyer has walked. You know, we have no more deal on the table, blah, blah, blah. 
And she started to cry and I felt so bad. And, you know, I was sitting there not knowing what to do. And then she reaches over and she hugged me and she said, thank you. She goes, we really didn't want to be in this deal. We really didn't want to sell our house. You know, it was past our contingencies. We knew we had to go forward. This is such a blessing. And that's where I learned the profound statement of it's not good news. It's not bad news. It's just news. And no's are not good or bad. They're just a no. It's dependent upon hindsight to look back to see whether it was indeed good or bad for us. We will be back after the break with more from Dynamic Women Talk Radio. We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Since 1983, sugar consumption in the United States is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not shocking to find out that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. The average U.S. teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk, which is rich in calcium. Sugar is also blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember, just because a food is fat-free, that doesn't mean it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and Linda Crater has the day off, and this is Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we're visiting with Kathy Craffy, a native of Texas, Claire Kerslake. Claire, what's, where's your native uh, city? A Darwin in Australia. Okay, Jacqueline Lopez, you're you're from what city in Brazil? Yeah, Ponta Porã. It's, it's on the south in Brazil. Okay, Lou Paget is holding up the Canadian flag for us, Lou. <laughs> yes, indeed. That would be Calgary, right? You're here representing Calgary. It's like the winter. Calgary and Vancouver, yes. Yes, and Lois, uh, uh, Lois, what city are you? Oh, she might be muted, but that's okay. Uh, she's also an Australian, but but currently residing in um, in in New York State. So, um, we're talking about rejection today, and one of the things that I think weighs on all of us is, especially after we walk this earth for say, you know, forty, fifty years. Um, we understand that there's personal rejection and then there's just rejection. You know, if you apply for a job, you're not the right fit. It's not really a personal rejection. But there are women, and I will say this, and probably get a lot of hate mail, but women are their, mo- their worst enemies. You can walk into an organization and either be welcomed or be 
absolutely rejected by a simple look. And I think women are very, very good at giving those subtle emotional cues that say, you're not welcome, you're different, we don't like you, we don't want you around. I know personally I'm sensitive to that. That either causes me to turn into T-Rex, San, or the bull in the china shop and go and kill him with kindness, or I'll just turn around and walk away and, and you know, <laughs> I have a whole string of expletives in my head I can't say on the air. We're going to go to Kathy Craffy. Well, you know me well enough, Sandra, to know my insecurities kick in so easily. And I was with a group of women this morning, and I, I was just being myself. And, and I know I am not like everybody else. I totally get that after more than 50 years. I'm so comfortable with being the kind of eccentric, quirky person that I am. But they got on the topic of uh, appearance. And, of course, I'm kind of fluffy and Somebody in the group said, well, I think she's a juicer, meaning she's just naturally thin. And I mean, it was so funny, but I knew it was a catty thing and I shouldn't be laughing, but I still thought it was hilarious. So I don't know. I think women, we all struggle with those, whether it's a body image or uh, we maybe we don't think we're good enough because we don't. Um, we have, I don't know, we just have our whole checklist of things that we put on ourselves. It takes a long time to get to the place where we're comfortable being the unique individuals that we are. And, and, it, and I mean, even a person like me that's pretty comfortable and used to being exceptional, I was in a group this morning and thought, oh, I don't fit in. So I don't know. Anybody have a comment about that? Yes, I can uh, jump in there, Kathy. I think for me, one of the blessings of getting older is that a lot of that's fallen away. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm now much more comfortable uh, just being me and showing up as me. Um, and I love that you said you're comfortable and um, eccentric and quirky and I, I just adore that, that we can show up in the world and be, um, be our authentic selves and people can love it or hate it, but really it doesn't matter. So I just adore that. Uh, that uh, sense of uh, confidence, I guess. And and you're right too that as women we can tend to, you know, that imposter complex can show up or, or we can um, immediately go to, what you know, what's wrong with me? Uh, but I think it's a great opportunity to reframe and um, and then say, okay, no, it's not. It's not me. It's uh, just life. Yeah. I want to share a personal experience talking about appearance, uh, self-acceptance, and uh, cr criticizing. We women between us are our are, are major critics because men don't really pay attention. I mean, we think we dress up for men to look, you know, elegant, uh, but we really dress for, for being accepted by, by everybody, obviously, but women are the biggest critic. I'm going to share uh, an anecdote. I was watching a, a, a video, a TEDx, with a scientist, female scientist, who shared her story in 17 minutes on TEDx. And I'm looking at her, and what I was doing was I criticizing how her hands, what, what the body language, her hair do, the clothing she was wearing, the shoes she was wearing. <laughs> at the end of the speech, I have no freaking idea what she was talking about. And I, <laughs> I stop myself and I say, what am I doing? This is crazy. Mm -hmm. Do I envy her that she is a brilliant 
So I'm looking for other things to to mess up her because I probably felt envy or some sort of things. It is very sad that we, a, a female, criticize other women, brilliant women, because we are small. We see ourselves small. And since then, I stopped myself. I became aware how I criticize other women. And, and I stopped doing that because it, it, I, I think I'm doing to other, but I'm really uh, hitting myself. You know, really, it's, it's about me not accepting who I am and um, that happened a few years ago and, and, and I just wanted to share that that we are the biggest critics of the women. Well can I, I just going to jump in before Lou because I want to tell the, Jackie and Lou and Kathy I have all met in person very very lovely women but I do have to tell you when I stood next to Jacqueline who's like 90 pounds soaking wet with this perfect little body absolutely adorable you know Kathy is just tall and curvy and you know just just rocks it and then Lou is like the epitome of elegance and grace and I never felt more insecure in my life when I stood next to these women who later became my great great friends and it just shows you how weird we get about this stuff Lou go ahead <laughs> yes indeed we do get weird <laughs> and I never even knew you thought that for years um but what I also know is that for the majority of us, we also are the women who we take charge when we go into something. And in every uh, office and business that I had been in, I was the one who got fired because the other women did not get along with me. And the reason they didn't get along with me is that I wasn't interested in, you know, the having the coffee and standing around and comparing boyfriends. That was of no interest to me. I was selling something. I was you know, building a business. I was doing other things. Yet that is something that can be, it can be uh, like um, very erosive to one's foundation. And yet when these things did happen, one of them springboarded me to be at 20th Century Fox. From there, I ended up doing my seminars full time. So the rejection of that and of me in that environment, and I think we've all seen this, that sometimes someone comes into an environment and then they just aren't a match. So eventually everybody else leaves or they leave. And whether you call that rejection or whether you call that proper selection, what it does is often leads someone to the next place you should be. And I so agree with you, Jackie, that, you know, the resistance almost becomes, you know, fighting against what the rejection is. When you resist what's actually there, all you're doing is like, you're just making yourself frustrated. Get on with it. Move forward with your life. And if you don't have a look that somebody else likes, tough. <laughs> That's their eyeballs. You have your own. Dress and, you know, look the way you want period. Yeah, I kind of, uh, I don't, I hope I'm not interrupting. This is Kathy. Lou, I really love what you said. Like, I think some, one of the things that happens as we get older, I will never be 18 again. I mean, I'm way past the height of my beauty, a beautiful outward appearance. And so that focus then becomes, okay, if I have a limited number of 
years to live on this earth. What am I going to do with my life that will significantly improve the lives of people around me and make the world a better place for my kids? And that just becomes more important. And I mean, I still like to, to, I don't actually like to shop, but I do like to get things in the mail that actually fit, you know? And I mean, there's some, there's some gratification in putting on an outfit and feeling like, oh, it fits. And I actually look pretty good. You know, there's, that's a good thing, but I don't know. To me, I loved what you said. There, there are, there's just a whole different mindset when you let go of worrying about the physical and then just the, who cares what we even look like. Let's move on and do the things that really matter. I think we find each other. That may be how we all ended up on Dynamic Women together. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Or maybe Sandra and Linda just attract really strong women, you know, that are comfortable with the, their own opinions and other people. I don't know. I'm going to go over to Lois. Lois? We have Lois? All right, then I'm going to pop over to Claire. Claire, why don't you jump in? I unmuted. Oh, sorry. Oh, there you go, Lois. Come on. Come oh, on. I'm, I'm must, join the fray. I must be muting and unmuting myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really appreciate what Kathy said. You know, we've got to ignore what goes on and just get on with our life and make the world a better place. And that's my focus now. And And sometimes we do offend people and sometimes people will offend us in doing this. So... That's their opinion. That's okay. But it's not going to stop me doing my job and trying to make one little corner of the world fractionally better. And that's my point, my aim at this time. This is Claire. I just love what everyone's saying. I think it's an important message for me as well. And I think um, I call myself a recovering control freak. And earlier in the discussion, we talked about those rejections that we can't control that come from uh, other people. And sometimes they can be big ones and, you know, temporarily knock us to our knees. And I love, uh, you know, the thought of not resisting. And I've been, a, you know, this has been a really big lesson for me uh, not to resist that. Uh, but just really to surrender and go with the flow and move on. And sometimes that takes a little while. You know, sometimes we've got to process the emotion and do everything we can to um, to move through that. But I just adore too what um, the whole attitude of, okay, you know, what can I do to change the world? How can I move on for this? And, and that sense that sometimes that rejection uh, has, um, you know, when you look back with that wisdom of hindsight, has moved us on to something even bigger and better. So that's uh, just such a beautiful attitude to, to, um, to have in mind, I think. Yes, just a gorgeous discussion. It is absolutely wonderful, and we're here today with Kathy Craffey, Claire Kerslake, Jacqueline Lopez, Lou Paget, and Lois Woodford. We're going to um, we're going to talk more about this concept of rejection and replacement. And if you like what you hear today, check us out on Dynamic Women Talk Radio. You can find the bi the bios for all of the women on today's show. You can learn more about us. And there's also over 30 episodes talking about these and other extraordinary topics that affect women today. We will be back after the break with more 
from these fine ladies that I am so honored to be with today. We'll be back after the break. We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. heard about the Ring Video Doorbell app. It has a motion sensor that alerts your cell phone if someone is on your porch or rings a doorbell. All you have to do is tap your phone and you can see who is at your door and talk to them through a remote mounted camera and speaker. My husband thought this would be a good idea to have for our home. However, I had no idea he had installed it while I was out of town. Imagine how confizzled I felt when I returned home, went to unlock the door, and suddenly heard my husband's voice calling at me from seemingly nowhere. He had installed a camera and speaker high up in a tree next to our front porch. Talk about being surprised and confused. What's another word for being confused? Flabbertubles. It's marching Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Whether you are a man, woman, boy, or girl, lifting weights is an important component to your exercise program. Livestrong says that challenging your body with different exercises and routines helps keep your workout interesting and effective. Make sure that when you're lifting weights, you're working to fatigue or failure to get the most benefits. When lifting weights, reaching failure means that you could not possibly do one more rep. Your muscle has failed. Fatigue means you can barely do one or two more repetitions and keep your good form. If your workout is too easy and you're not reaching failure or fatigue, it's time to lift heavier weights. Be aware that your form is vital and reaching fatigue or failure is much more important than hitting a certain number of repetitions. I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with these dynamic women today and we're talking about rejection and you know there's times in your life where rejection is just rejection it just is what it is you know they've got 50 tickets to sell you're number 51 too bad so sad but when rejection means replacement like Mm -hmm. especially being replaced in someone's heart I think that is one of the most painful things that anyone can ever experience and with a death you know there's a finality to it with the replacement of a heart like in a breakup or a divorce um there's still that that lingering i don't know everything that's still around and you know there's visible tangible proof when that person moves on that you are not the one you weren't the one for them and you thought you were the one for them and that's really painful i'm going to go to lou first um When this happened to me, I realized that the rejection was like that stone being thrown into a pond. I wasn't the only one being rejected. The unit that I had created within that family was being rejected and you know replaced. And 
there were so many parts of it that weren't. And when I realized that I could have flown to the moon without wings, I still would not have been enough for this person. So I realized, I, you know, a little, little bit of insight into this. I will admit that, you know, being thrown over for the not even graduated from high school secretary was a little bit of a sting. But what I also learned is that, you know, I was not the person for him. And he knew that. He did not want me. He wanted me for a period of time. And he was very candid. And I realized that, but that replacement thing was, there's no question, you're getting shoved aside. And I don't care. And it's because then you have to answer to like friends and particularly if it's been a marriage where you've been replaced, you are, people are like, oh, well, what happened? And when you break up with someone, you can have a little more privacy, but still you are dealing with a transition that you have to make on your own and have to keep your feet on the ground as best you can. And and getting yourself into these ups and downs of the massive, you know, emotional thing. And my best friend at the time, we were, he came down and he was my roommate here with me. And I remember saying to him, oh, my God, John, I am so sorry. I just keep going on and on. And he goes, Lou, you're not done talking about it. And when you're done talking about it, you'll be done talking about it. He couldn't have been more on point because all of a sudden at one point I went like this, oh my God, I'm boring myself to tears. I cannot tell this story one more time. And that was that. Now, the replacement part of it, fortunately, I was not in the same city. I did not have to see them on a day-to-day -day basis. I did not have to have that in my face. So it's more difficult, like San, for yourself, you're dealing with children and you're dealing oh. with who made and I could, point. I could hit, I could hit a golf ball into their yard, you know, mm, by having mm. them right down the street. She was working in my mm. office with me and my husband in my home, you know. Mm. It's just, you know, like Lou was so great because I became my own lifetime movie. You gotta admit, Lou, like, you know, <laughs> drama and everything that went on. But the one thing that that held me together through all of this, and my mom died in the middle of it, and mm -hmm. you know, both my dogs died after 15 and 16 years. I think I just wore everybody out really. Um, but was the support of my friends. Like, you know, Lou was there when I, before I got married, when I got married, when I got unmarried and, you know, has walked this path with me for so many years. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, the reason I'm standing so strong today was because I was shored up. Um, by my friends, by my girlfriends. I mean, I could call Lou. I bet you, Lou, we, we probably talked 100 hours after my divorce. I don't even remember what we said, but I know that you were there for me and you were one of my soft places to fall. And I think as dynamic women, we're used to, you know, I'm educated, I'm successful, I run my own company. I've never had a big, grand public failure like this. And that's where other dynamic women just rush in and 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 shore you up. I, I would agree. I would agree. Come on, dynamic women, chime in. <laughs> All right, I'm going to just randomly pick one. We're going to go where I'm spinning a dial over here. Jacqueline Lopez, you've known me forever, too. So why don't you chime in? All right, so let's uh, continue with the theme of uh, divorce and breaking up with, with men in our lives. Um, 
that that when, when you know honestly i never believe in marriage uh, as such you know signing a book and supposedly that's going to be forever because i i was seven years old when my parents divorced so i never thought of getting married here we go i wanted to become american citizen so um i thought to myself all right we're gonna marry and then when, once i married the man that i i came with in the united states we actually thought we're going to make it you know like we're gonna have a relationship and we're gonna be happy it, for some reason you know the party the friends coming to say wonderful this is this is uh, you you guys are perfect for each other etc you kind of uh, drink the Kool-Aid and I actually things kind of work out. Um, but it didn't work out and and it's the best, It's my he's my best friend. I mean, we just eat for each other as a friend and uh, as opposed to the relationship that you have, uh, Sandra, with your ex-husband. Um, but the, the, the breakup was a um, life-changing for me and I am who I am because that man and I have no no resentment against him. It just happened. It, it was it was just it meant to be that way. We married. We were happy for a few years, and then we, we broke up. And now I'm the happiest person I can ever be with another another human being. Why does he have to be forever? <laughs> so it should it should be like a, a, a every marriage should be like a with a life expiration and you know what i mean why does it have to be like a like a chain why do you have to chain yourself with that person forever i don't get that <laughs> this is Lou. if i may jump in if when people uh, as a you know relationship person and someone who talks about sexuality and you know five books and blah 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 what i ask people when they say that oh i really want to be Married, I said, look, if you want to know what marriage actually is, then you need to look at divorce because yeah. what marriage is, is really a contractual decision for the transfer of assets, plainly and simply. If you choose to use that in conjunction with an emotional connection with someone, that's another matter. But divorce, you basically get turned into a spreadsheet with assets. And so you need to be clear about why you are interested in this. And I think marriage for some people is like the thing that they want more than anything. But I think there's a lot more people who, when they get into it, they go, what did I do? Truly. I, I have to agree with you. I think, you know, it's much more difficult than we realize. Are you hearing me? This is Lois. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and uh, was it Lou who was talking about not only did you get divorced, but then your mother died, your dogs died, and then you have these compounding issues which make you really feel incredibly low. I haven't been through divorce myself, but I've watched family and friends go through it. And when you're close, living closely together, the bitterness and the divisions that come in society, depending on whose side you're on, are just horrendous. Yeah, I think that I'm, I'm just going to jump in here. This is Kathy. I, I think there's something to that. And, and I really believe that most people come to that cliff where they have to choose. And it's it's impossible to judge it from the outside. You don't know what is happening in someone else's marriage. But I, I, I think the thing that hurt Dave and I the most when we got to that place where we were trying to decide, do we do we divorce or do we move move ahead? What do we need to do to change to make things better between us? When we got to that place, there was nobody with 
happy marriages that would admit they'd ever been there to us, at least. So that is one of the things that has prompted me to write so much. I really want people to know, like Lois said, I mean, I think I could quote you there. You said it's it's much more difficult than we realize. And we get married so young. It It is almost like if if you don't change partners midstream, you need to really evaluate and change strategies, maybe. If, if for those people that do make it 50 or 60 years and we know lots of them but they've they've you know if you if you tell them what you're struggling with they'll sometimes share some of their old stories I, my mom was great about doing that once she realized Dave and I needed help and so when you hear those stories you realize oh it's not as it's not a fairy tale <laughs> it's really hard actually but the, the other thing I think is kind of interesting is, we can't really make the other person choose to be healthy. We we can only be cho- choose our own good health emotionally and spiritually and physically, but we can't force the people that we're in relationships with to be mentally or physically or financially any of those things. We can't cho- we can't choose for them. We want we wish they would choose, but they don't always choose to be healthy. Well, and, you know, when there's addictions involved and things like that, there's sometimes where they can't even choose to be healthy until they get help. And I think, yeah, you know, that was point. the one thing that was so hard for me, like for better or worse, you know, I get it for better or worse. But then there's that caveat, like your kids didn't sign on for better or worse. And when the worst comes, you know, that was the hardest thing for me was to decide when to pull the trigger And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I prayed on it. I meditated on it. I talked to Lou for hours. I mean, I talked to everyone and I did this like, like two year research or year Mm. and a half research. And then I woke up one morning with a profound peace. And if anyone's listening today and they want to know when is the time to pull the plug on the relationship or pull the plug even on a marriage, it's when you get to that profound peace. At that point, there was nothing more that I could do. There was no class to take, no book to read, no stone left unturned. And I got up that morning and I went down and I filed and I pulled the plug on everything and I started to unravel it. But I did it from a place of peace, not a place of anger, not a place of anguish, not a place of pain. All those things were still there. But I think as dynamic women, if we are confident in our decision, it becomes a rite of passage that you are separating as opposed to a tearing apart at the seams of what could have been. And we can grieve, we can share, we can talk about it. We'll be back after the break with more from these wonderful dynamic women, Kathy Crafty, Claire Clearslake, Jacqueline Lopez, Lou Paget, and Lois Letchford. We'll be back. Dynamicwomentalkradio.com. Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. With 64% of American adults being obese or overweight, we are in the midst of a national crisis. 
Being overweight and inactive has a high price tag. The American Heart Association states that the consequences of being physically inactive are staggering. The extra weight that Americans are carrying around costs us physically and financially. Obesity costs American companies over $225 billion per year in health-related productivity losses. The average health care cost exceeds $3,000 per person annually. An obese employee costs their employer an additional $460 to $2,500 in medical costs and sick days per year. If being overweight is something you struggle with, it's not too late. Make that positive choice to exercise daily and eat fresh, low-calorie foods. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. years ago, some fishermen off the coast of Italy discovered some pottery along with fish in their nets. Divers were called out and discovered an ancient Roman ship whose galley, or caboose, a nautical term for kitchen, was extremely intact. Some of the food uncovered on board was pickled fish, wine, oil, and grain used to make the ship's biscuits, otherwise known as dandy funks. It is thought the 2,000-year-old boat was probably on its way to Spain when it sunk and was covered by layers of mud, baggy wrinkles and all. Baggy wrinkles are another name for the ship's ropes. The mud protected the ship from wear, explaining why the leftover food on board was still in such good condition. We land lovers may not be familiar with leftovers on the sea, but we are familiar with leftovers in our kitchen. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here today with Claire Kersley, Kathy Craffey, Jacqueline Lopez, Lou Paget, and Lois Letchford, and we're talking about rejection. And sometimes rejection can, can lead to incredible revelations, incredible moments of peace and clarity. The process of being told no opens so many doors. And I don't know why we all focus so much on the doors that are closing and not the doors that are open. There's an old Hebrew adage that says when one door opens or one door closes, a window opens, you know, and I'm loosely translating it, I think, from the Hebrew. But but it it talks about do we look forward in our lives or do we look back? And I know for me, many doors had to kind of slam shut for me to see just what was in front of me. And I don't know why I got so stuck in the past. I don't know why I did that. But I can tell you, I was out watering some roses one day. I always think of roses with my mom who passed away in the middle of all this mess that I was in. And I thought about myself and the mud on the ground. I thought, oh, I wish I could just lay down and just dissolve into that muddy water and become a rose bush. And um, I felt my mom's hand on my jaw and she had been dead maybe a year or two at this point. And she, I felt her turning my head and she says, you know, stop looking backward. You have so much to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And I just put I I will never forget that. I don't know, you know, I'm just watering roses standing there in the middle of nowhere, you know, and I feel her hand turning my head gently from the past to the future. And that's something that no forces us to do. Uh, I'm going to go over to Lois Letchford. Have I unmuted it properly this time? 
Am I here? Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. <clears throat> I I totally agree with what you've said. You know, and I think as I as you said it, it's easier to sit in our little world of what we know than to take a big step forward and look at the future. And and again, I think there's always the possibility in the future that we may fail again. But you still got to keep going forward and know that something positive will come eventually. Does that does that make sense? So that you you're not well you're can sitting... I I love that. Can I jump in here with a Taylor Swift quote? Yeah, jump in away. I hate to finish an episode without at least one quote. Taylor Swift said, you have people who come into your life shockingly and surprisingly. You have losses that you never thought you'd experience. You have rejection and you have to learn to, how to deal with that and how to get up the next day and go on with it. Perfect. My kids are big fans of Taylor Swift. <laughs> and you have to deal with the emotion too that, you know, that you have felt rejected and leave that behind and keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. I would like to interject here um, regarding reject being rejected by people that you expect them not to reject you. And that would be your family members, people you you have mm-hmm. done a great deal of favors to, I mean, lend money and, and a very tight relationship. So you have these expectations about they, how they should treat you. And um, I just uh, want to share that that's not a way to go about life. They have no, they don't owe you anything. It's not because he, he's, she's your mother. She has to behave a certain way. That, and it's okay not to have a fantastic relationship with your sister. I have uh, five years different with my little sister, and I, she's so different from me. And I have people, uh, perfect strangers like uh, Sandra, with whom I feel like sisters. So it doesn't have to be a blood relationship and it doesn't have to be the way you expect it because they are part of your family or friends because you 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 know gave, gave them a hand a few years ago it, that doesn't mean that they owe you anything i mean yeah. stop being kind of like true about you it's not nothing the world doesn't revolve around you um and and it's okay not to have a perfect a relation with your sister or your mother. It, it, I mean, you are different and you can have a, a relationship with a sister with a perfect stranger. So mm-hmm. that's my take on on uh, relationships and being rejected. It's, uh, it's is, how you see it. Right. And th- this is Lou. I mean, thanks for bringing that, that thread in, uh, Jacqueline, because there are times when you have someone who has been a very, very close friend and... I think we've all had that happen. Now, we, you know, and I I liken it to playing the game of tennis. You have to play on your side of the court, and they have to play on their side of the court. You cannot play on their side. So if they don't want to play, and they don't want to be in that friendship and game, then there's not much you can do. And I remember two people who they had been long, long long-term friends for me, like 25 years, and all of a sudden, one day, I was, they did not want, they would not return my phone calls. This is a person I hiked with, you know, once a mm. week. We spoke on the phone two or three times a week. And all of a sudden, I was persona non grata. I 
and initially when we have rejection like that, we try to figure out what we did. Well, honestly, when it boiled down to it, it had nothing to do with my side of the tennis court. It had to do with her side of the tennis court. And it was something that when someone told me, I was like, got it. I understood. And it was my success as an author had totally infuriated her because she considered herself mm. to be a writer. And yeah. I never thought of myself as a writer. I just wrote. <laughs> so that was, you know, and, you know, so that just moved on. But next, who's who's up? Me. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. I think that happens to us a lot. And, and I know it's happened to me where I felt like I've even had people say they couldn't be my friend anymore. And, of course, we assume it's something we've done. And then later we realize we just didn't have all the information at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that one specific time I was I had that happen, I, I had the wherewithal to say to my friend, you know, if you change your mind, I think you're a worthy friend. And I just want you to know the door is open for you to come back anytime. And I, we're actually good friends to this day. But only because I had the in that moment of really rejection, I just had the wherewithal to think, I don't know what's going on in her life. She shared a little bit, but for sure I admire and love this woman. So I'm just going to keep the door open. And if, you know, we can't always remember to do that, but when we do all these years later, I'm really glad I did in that moment. I I've never regretted that moment. I just, and so, so I guess my point, I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but I think my point is there's a lot of times when we don't know what else is happening and it's so great if we can just give the other person freedom, like your friend, she does not have any, unless she's published now, she has no idea how hard it is to get a book published. (laughs) I'm no longer jealous of anyone who ever gets a whole series of books like yours. I just am a big fan of yours, Lou. And I'm so happy for your success because I know now how much work goes into that. Well, thank you. So anyway, your friend, if she ever, I, I don't know the end of the story, and maybe none of us do because maybe it's not over yet. Maybe she will get a whole string of books published someday and she'll accomplish that and it'll be so cool. But no matter what happens, giving her freedom to kind of make the decision she needs to about what direction she wants where her energy goes where her passion goes it's so great that you can just let that be what it is i have no choice and you still have me (laughs) (laughs) and now now you're free to be friends with all the rest of us (laughs) (laughs) that's right right opens up what is that the door closes and all these windows open but yeah it does it it feels crappy it feels um, and it's puzzling. You know, I like closure. Do you guys like closure? Like, I would rather have someone tell me, like my ex-husband did, like, I'm not attracted to you anymore. I don't like the person you've become. You know, he gave me some really good um, closures. Um, I don't, you know, they're painful to hear. But, you know, I wasn't left wondering, you know, because I had this thing where I'm like, you left me for somebody older, heavier, like, not as cute, not as educated, like not as me. And, you know, that was a big ding to my ego. But, you know, in that, in that process, I got some real clear closure on why he did not want to be with me anymore. And as painful as that was, at least I knew where I stood. It's that disappearing and you don't really know why. Uh, Lou, I'm going to toss it, toss it back to you. Okay. When, um, and thanks for that, because what I 
found for me is that when I realized the things that were happening and the, he was pulling away, that it really was not me at all. It was happening inside of him. And he, and what the other thing was, he had a hidden agenda that I had no idea about, none. And when everything sort of came to the surface, I was kind of like that little duck that went like this, boop, and I bobbed to the top of the water. And all of a sudden I could see the behaviors over here. But the rejection for someone who wasn't as educated, as you know, accomplished, blah, 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 all of those things. I'm going to tell you right now, many times men will choose women who they feel that they are better than, which is why you see often these incredible celebrity women who are married and their husbands start fooling around with someone who's about nine notches lower. And it's because he then feels powerful with her or with them, whatever that may be. And so that was kind of like remove that, my ego thing of, oh, well, you know, I was like, it's not me. She makes him feel powerful. I don't. That was a real, that was a real leveling thing for me. Yeah, me too. For me, you know, the same meaning, meaning I don't, sometimes I'm not real good at making people feel powerful. And, and I know that about myself and I work on it. And, you know, and that, that was part of my contribution to the marriage or or the negative contribution. You know, we're like puzzle pieces, ladies, we're, we interlock with different people in different ways. And you can't force that piece to fit. And I think a lot of us, because we want the fairy tale, we want the ring, we want the happily ever after, we just pound that puzzle piece right in there, as opposed to easing it in gently. And um, we have to take that piece out. We have to reject those other pieces till we find where we fit in life. I'm so blessed to be with you ladies here today. Kathy Craffy, Claire Kerslake, Jacqueline Lopez, Lou Paget, Lois Letchford. You guys are my puzzle pieces. We fit together seamlessly. We're here in fellowship and support. I thank you for today's show. We'll be back again next week with more from Dynamic Women Talk Radio. tuning in today to Dynamic Women Talk Radio and join us each week. You can find more shows on dynamicwomentalkradio.com.